thank you that you have given us more than enough. You've given us enough that we can be generous, that we can give beyond ourselves, and we can begin to duplicate what's going on here elsewhere. That we can take the word that we've heard here, and we can promote that word elsewhere. And all God's people said, Amen and Amen. And just to let you know, uh, uh, those that believe in, in prayer and prayer support, and that giving is just not about finances, but if you want to give some of your time uh, in the future when we're going to have up on the board with the announcements the uh, I don't say my itinerary but where, where we're ministering as a church outside of this building just like today uh, at uh, five o'clock we'll be in Henrietta ministering there again they ask us to come back and they've gone two months I think without having any you know thing outside of themselves and so we're going to go to Henrietta the first Sunday of every month for the next three months as of right now uh, January 16th we're taking the gospel to Oklahoma City again they've asked us to come back to Oklahoma City and share the church there on the 16th uh, Pastor John has opened up Christ for the Nations again and we're going to be teaching in Christ for the Nations uh, first or second week in February so keep these dates and these the, you know the, it doesn't have to be the specific just keep, just pray that the Holy Spirit would open the eyes of people's understanding to the gospel. Amen? Because some people have lived a long time thinking they've heard the gospel, and they haven't. Uh, matter of fact, this morning, uh, sometime I, I have the, there's a program on early, early, early in the morning called Reflections. It's one of the few Christian programs that I watch because it's just scenery pictures of, mountains and water and rivers flowing and it's got background music and it makes them all soothing and that's how I wake up in the morning you know and uh, and I happened to leave it on this morning and I was out I came here turned the heat on and did started getting ready for today and and joy was up and I'm not gonna mention the pastors name, but the TV got left on because we normally don't watch Christian TV I mean rarely ever do it every once in a while I'll flip over just to but, I mean, I'm real picky even then on what I listen to. You understand? You've got to be careful what you let in. And I'm not going to mention the guy's name, but I've known him for years and have heard him teach and preach. And, and Joy says, oh, Curtis, Curtis, you've got to hear what he just said. <laughs> he began to, I could tell he had just come. I'm not going to tell you who it was. But he had just come, I could tell he had just come into a revelation of the difference between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. And he says, I've been praying about this, and I'm just getting all happy, and there's so many. Man, don't think I hadn't written down notes. He's almost apologizing to his congregation who are, is in the thousands and all over the world. And he's saying, but church, there is such a difference between the old and the new, and we live in the new. And I could tell by the way he said it, he wasn't just, well, there's an old covenant. He even said Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were under the old covenant. And I went, Dang! <laughs> Words getting out. See, right there, just by saying that, when you start saying that the old covenant is, and the new covenant is, oh, there's so much of churchdom that has to be let go of. <laughs> and, I, and I'm just wondering what he's going to do with the other stuff he's teaching, because it doesn't fit. <laughs> 
We will see. I won't watch and find out. I just know the Holy Spirit's a great teacher. And, and he will guide his congreg that congregation and those people that honor that man into a revelation of Jesus and not Scripture. Amen? I got happy this morning when I heard that. Chris release for Christ for the Nations tomorrow on a continuing journey. And uh, so be praying for him. Should I leave it at that and not keep cuning? Yeah, there was, and I was trying to be mature and disciplined, but it's not going to work. <laughs> be praying that he can stay mate-free. No, just kidding. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't know how else to say it, but, you know, young man going to Bible college, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, okay, let's get off that. <laughs> yeah, if we want grant, I guess it does have to happen someday. Okay. Anyway, so much for me being mature and spiritual. <laughs> Dylan, I don't need to hear that. <laughs> oh, by the way, Tuesday nights at Dylan and Christina's house at 7 o'clock. We also have a Bible study there. And if you want to participate, just show up. What are you studying? We don't know till we get there. <laughs> just whatever comes up. That's the way we rock and roll. <laughs> you know, there's times when you need to sit down and you're, you have a target that you, wanna, you feel God wanting to communicate through you. And there's a specific thing and you go boom, 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 boom. But there's a whole lot of time. When you just sit down, and that's kind of what happens at Henrietta, is we just sit down and a couple people ask questions and the Holy Spirit just begins to form a teaching. And you'd be amazed at how, if you just trust the great administrator, that's one, one of the words for the Holy Spirit is great administrator. He administrates his word in the way it comes forth. And uh, to watch him just, just simply answer questions and talk and bring the rest, rest of the word into it, it's quite incredible, quite incredible. So Tuesday night at uh, Christina in Dylan's, and they have lots of chairs in a big room and a big fan and a fireplace and a bunch of little dogs. Okay. <laughs> All right. I know where I want to start this morning. Turn to First uh, Peter. First Peter chapter 1. We've been in a series, if you want to call it that. We started months ago talking about uh, the difference between provision land living versus promise land living how the children of Israel refused to cross over into the promised land over here represents the promised land and we talked about how God through his passing over the death angel passing over the children of Israel which was the type and shadow of our salvation now we've got to remember that God didn't pass over the children of Israel just to get them saved from death most churches just teach about salvation being saved from death and going to heaven someday. Most churches. That's what churchdom usually speaks of. But in reality, God didn't just get them saved just to get them saved so they could wander in Egypt. He got them saved to be led by the Spirit. And he, they were led by the Spirit to cross through the baptism of the water to come to the Red Sea, I mean to the Jordan, and cross the Jordan into promised land living, the very promised land living that he told them about why they were slaves. He said, hey, I've got a promised land for you to live in over there. There's a way, a land that truly flows with milk and honey, a land where there's harvest, fields for harvest that you didn't have to sow. Whew. Wow. 
Listen to that one. That there's a way of living that I've prepared for you. All you need to do is be passed over, delivered from death, led by the Spirit, baptized, and crossed over. You know what's really interesting? Joshua 14, the children of Israel were told to celebrate the crossover. To take 12 stones out of the river Jordan, one for every tribe, and build a monument and celebrate so that when in history, in times past, times to come, people would see their 12 stones and say, what are the 12 stones for? And you're supposed, they were supposed to tell people, that's the day that God moved the Jordan River out of our way so we could cross over into the promised land living but they didn't have faith for that because they didn't have faith and we've talked about what caused them not to have faith in God here they had faith in God they had faith in God they had faith in God they get to the river Jordan just a just a short period of time and they didn't have faith in God and the only difference was they crossed a big mountain called Sinai where they received the Ten Commandments and so it was the focus on the Ten Commandments. See, when you look at the Ten Commandments, it will show you what's wrong with you instead of what's right with God. See, over here they knew what was right with God. They knew what was right with God, and they knew what was right with God. In other words, you can say it this way, they had faith in God in them. They had faith in God in them. And they had faith in God in them. And when they came to the River Jordan, they didn't have faith in God in them. Because they were now focused on the law. The law will always cause you to see your faults instead of his greatness and for you to live in the promised land you have to be law free have this mind the mind of Christ in you and so for 40 years if I can go this way the for 40 years the children of Israel lived in God's provision manna from heaven the shoes didn't wear out and we t a lot of times we talk about that <laughs> wow what a life no no that was not God's best. That was God's minimum. That was God's minimum. It wasn't until they got into the promised land where they could shout and the walls come down. All they had to do was show up. The giants were already scared of the children of Israel 40 years before. All the church has to do is show up. We just need to show up, church. Understanding that it's not I that liveth, but Christ that lives in me. He's not out here in a box anymore. He's in here in a box. Let him out. Amen? And so that's what we've been talking about. And because of that, one of the things we came up, we started talking about was the seed of Abraham. And how in Genesis chapter 3 it is, or chapter 2, it talks about how that every seed is going to reproduce after its own kind. God made the fruit to produce uh, the fruit tree to produce fruit with a seed in it, and that seed's going to produce after its own kind. That God wants to reproduce after His own kind. That's why we're not the seed of Moses, but we are of the seed of Abraham, a seed of believing. Okay, we're a seed of believing. See, Abraham wasn't even a Jew. So it's not about church people going back to be Jew. Go back further. Go back to the seed of Abraham before Jews even existed. It's, it's a group of people that believe that God is in here and he's powerful. 
believing it's no longer I that live, but the Christ that lives in me. And see, those are the kinds of, that's the kind of minds that will cause you to live in promised land living instead of provision land living. And so we talked about seed, and we're going to talk about seed again today, and that's what we've been talking about. And in the book of Romans, it talks about real plain and simply. It says that in nature, God put his nature. So all people would be without excuse because even in nature, the Godhead and the power of the Godhead is open, and there it is. So if we can understand nature, we can understand. If you understand how God works, just understand how nature works. And so that, that's the premise. That's why Jesus always talked about sowing seed. He always used nature to explain divinity. He was always using examples from the what, because people can understand nature. So if you can understand nature, you can understand God. And so with that, we understand that the scripture also says that the soul, the implanted word of God is able to save your soul. It doesn't say spirit because you're a three-part being. A lot of what we talk about here is based on the, pro, uh, the concept that your spirit, soul, and body. And that helps you understand spiritual truth reality. In other words, the way it really is in the spirit. Because if you don't understand what, what's happened in the spirit, it won't make sense when it tells you that you're complete in Christ. The Bible says you're complete in Christ. And most of us hear that and we go, no, I'm not. If you're going to be honest, that's everybody's response. Well, you're completing Christ. You've heard it for years. And no, I'm not. You wouldn't see, you believe how much I'm lacking. If I'm complete, why do I want so much? You see what I'm saying? Because you hear the scripture, but you don't understand the application of it because you're trying to fit it in different places that it doesn't apply yet. Being complete in Christ means that your spirit man is complete. When you got saved, when you got born again, whether it was via whatever denomination you want to throw out there, when you said yes to the things of God through Jesus Christ, that He was your righteousness, and you're, you can't be righteous on your own, but you, you're trusting in His work for your right standing with the Father. When you believe that, the Scripture says here in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 23, uh, let's read 22 first. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruption, uh, of a corruptible seed, but an incorruptible. See, this right here is telling us that, that when you're born again, there is a seed placed in you. And that seed is incorruptible. Now what you need to understand, and we're going we're to stress on seed this morning. Now what we've talked about this is the process in nature of gi giving birth. We started this series out after this series and this series, and I'm leading you up to the series on manifesting the promises of God. Manifesting this in your life. See, God wants you to experience Him. God doesn't want to be just some, something in the Scripture. He wants you to feel Him. He wants your soul, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions to be touched and experienced. He wants all your senses to be satisfied by His presence and His, the relationship you have. 
and church usually just gives you some ideas and you go home and never feel God you're told to and you get frustrated over a period of years of your life well I've said this I've never felt it he wants you to feel him he wants you to experience him he wants you to taste and see that he is good it does, it's just not a bunch of words. He wants us, and it's our mindset, it's the religiosity that we're birthed, raised in, and, and it's our society that keeps up barriers that separate us from the love of our God. Paul said this, nothing will separate me from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing. See, once you get touched by the love of God, nothing. I don't care what they say on Christian TV. I don't care what they said at church. Nothing is going to separate me from the love of my God. Once you've experienced it, it's like, oh, oh. And see, the scripture says that there is an incorruptible seed. And so we're going to talk about the seed. But let's talk about, see, intimacy. We talked about Jesus and, and God bringing the bride to Jesus. And in nature, the way children, and we, we've talked we won't talk on this too much, but the way children are born is through intimacy. You know, there has to be a process that takes place that is full of pleasure for the seed to be planted. It's called conception. Conception has to take place. There's three parts to manifesting the promises of God in your life. It first starts with conception. You can't have the promises of God manifest in your life if you hadn't conceived the word. You can talk about having a baby, but until it's conceived in you, until the word is conceived, the implanted word of God is able to save. The implanting means it's something inside of you. Mary stood and said, the angel said, Mary, the word is going to come inside of you. Now, if she wouldn't have said, be it unto me, it wouldn't have happened to her. She had to be willing to receive what God said about her and receive the word. She said, all right, I want to conceive the word inside of me. And in your life, if you can just say, I want to conceive the word inside of me, oh, your life will never stop. Because once that seed is inside of you, it's in incorruptible, it's imperishable, it will never die no matter how long you live, no matter how many times you try to abort the gestation, you can never abort the seed. The seed is incorruptible. It will never die. It's inside you. And so now, once that's happened, most of us have had the word planted in us in some shape or form. And now that the word is planted in us, the longest period of the three periods, once you have gestation, excuse me, you have conception, gestation, and then delivery or manifestation all right so the longest period of time there is the gestation even within the gestation there's three trimesters it's funny how many things are in three father son holy ghost spirit soul and body peter james john i mean bible's full of threes oh they're important threes though because, see, God put himself in nature. That's why nature is full of threes, especially when it comes to production. Let's just put it that way, manifesting his word. And in natural, there's three stages, like we just talked about, conception, gestation, and manifestation. Even within gestation, there's three sec 
How many trimesters are there? Trimesters, that gave you away. There's, there's trimesters, three mesters in the process of gestation. And there's three main things that are important for the woman. See, you're, well, I think the last time we shared on this, we talked about what's really important. You're not bringing, you're not doing anything to the seed. That life is in you, and it's manifesting. And the mother's responsibility, when she is being a mother and taking care of the seed inside of her, her concern for her to do the seed the most good it's not taking care of the seed, it's taking care of her. She has to be at rest or at peace. She has to have nutrition and she has to exercise. Three major things for a woman during the time of gestation so that the seed can grow from the energy and life that's in that seed. Does everybody understand that? Yes, I know about, there's a two, yeah, I understand, I understand that. But her concern, see, that happens naturally. Her concern is her taking care of her. And see, same thing with us. The seed's inside of us, and our concern now is to do what we do. That's what the scripture says. If you have a vision, or if you don't have a vision, you cast off restraints. So if you have a vision, you bring them on. If you understand, oh, see, there's so many things that change when, you're, when you conceive. When you're pregnant with the word or you're pregnant with the, uh, with the baby, what's the first thing that happens? Your confession starts t changing. You start talking different. You start planning. You'll take that library, that man cave, and you'll turn it into a nursery. And once some babies are gone, back to the man cave. Woo! You know, sorry, Christopher, I got excited on that one. But you know what I'm saying? Back to the man cave. Because you're focused, you have a vision, you've got reason, it's like, yeah, a life. So think of it this way, when you get the word planted in your heart, what's the first thing you start changing? Your confession. Because the scripture says, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth is going to be, oh, I'm pregnant. The Virgin Mary got all excited and had to go tell somebody. She went all the way to Elizabeth. She couldn't tell her family because they wouldn't have received it. So she went around Elizabeth, who was already in the form of a miracle. And she told Elizabeth. All she said was, hi. Yes. And what was in Elizabeth, jump for joy. Because, see, that's another thing. What you hear when you've conceived changes, or should change. If you don't change the... What happens if you hang around somebody who doesn't like kids, bad experience with kids, and think kids are, are evil and they're a curse? And they're going, they're going to destroy your single life. Let me just, I'm on metal. Can pastors metal? No, it don't matter what you think. No, I'm sorry, because I'm on metal. What happens if you're married and you've got a bunch of guys up at the plant? That they've had bad, bad things. And they're all divorced. And the one, or maybe even the one they're with, they don't, Oh, you're better off now. Or you're, you're a lady, and oh, you got a bunch of sing you're hanging around some single friends, and, and they're all, oh, them men, oh, oh, I hate, I hate, oh, they're just me. Oh, it's better to be single. Well, and if you're, you thought you was a happy married couple, and all of a sudden, what happens? Because you didn't guard what you heard. Because the very seed inside of you about being coupled together and being joined together in happiness and living. For, there goes your vows. 
Because you were hearing different things that didn't line up to your vows. Why don't we listen to the things that line up to our vows? Duh. <laughs> Can I say it that way? Without even offending anybody? Duh. It is stupid. There's that word again. To have information come into your head that's contrary to your vision. It is stupid. So that was for somebody. So it is stupid to hear. When you know the word of God says that you're healed or that, you're, you're hell, that God's for you. If, if the word of God is in you that God's for you and you're hanging around a bunch of people in the world saying, Oh, that God, he's a mean God. Oh, God would not. Oh, he's allowing kids in Africa to starve and die. Guess what they're going to do to that seed? They're going to kill it. That process of gestation will stop. And it won't grow any further. And you have to wait till you get away from those friends. See, when you, get, when you conceive, your confession changes. Your vision changes. Your nutrition changes. Your scenery changes. Your thoughts change. I said, oh no, I really got to work now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It made me grow up. I didn't have to grow up being married. <laughs> don't, you got to learn not to laugh like that. Just kidding. <laughs> you don't have to be grow up to be married. But oh, you got to be grown up to have babies. Amen? You know what I'm talking about? It'll take the little girl that you once was and make you into a big girl real quick. It'll take, you, it'll take the male that you were and make a man out of you. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Some males skirt their responsibility and never grow up to be men. You know why? Vision. Hearing, surroundings, that's all it is. That's all it is. But that's how important it is. Man, I tell you, you need to really be careful who you hang around, especially when you want the Word working. And if you don't want the Word working, then you go listen to who you want to. Go, go to those bars and do the things that you've been doing. That, just go for it. That's, that's, but... As I've said before, don't come whining and complaining to me when it's not working for you. Because I'm just going to tell you the same thing I told you before. Stupid is, is what stupid does. If you know better and don't do what's better, you're going to get what's not better. All right, I'll get off that. All right. Verse 23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. We're going to talk about the seed. It's very important for you to understand the quality, the quantity, and the nature of the seed. The quality, the quantity, and the nature of 
of the seed. This year I got all excited. I found in some of my boxes that are still, we got stuff in there in the garage, and, you know, and I was changing. These boxes are falling apart, so I took taking stuff out of the broken boxes, putting them into new boxes, and put them back in, you know, up on the, where they're at. And I ran across a bunch of seeds that were in, in some radish. It's a bunch of seeds, but I picked out the radish seeds because, you know, if anything's going to grow, what's it going to be? It's going to be a radish. Now, these seeds are like seven to eight years old. And the normal lifespan of a seed is what? If you know anything about garden, usually a year. You know, if it stays out in the elements, you can take a seed and it'll last to the next year's harvest. But after that, it starts dying. The quality starts going away unless it's prepared for long-term storage. So I got all excited. I said, man, I'm going to just see if these seeds grow. And I, 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 trust me, when it comes to labor, now some labor, like making messes, I can do that. But when it comes to taking gardening and mowing, anyway, right, Greg? Anyway, and so I, <laughs> and so I, I, I scratched up a little ground right here, and I, I got all excited. And I, I had some radishes, some uh, kohlrabi. What's that? Y'all know what kohlrabi is? Anyway, there's some kohlrabi, and there's like three or four different kinds of radishes. There was a little bag of lettuce, a little dill of lettuce. I'm sprinkling. I said, oh, that's good. Put little things, you know, hoping the rabbits didn't come and get it. And they started coming up. I even called my mother. Hey, Bob, after seven years, these seeds are still coming up. But you know what? They never produced any fruit. I had some great-looking tops. You know what I'm saying? But see, the quality of the seed wasn't, it, it had been diminished. There was no doubt that that seed would have produced like it's supposed to because you're after quality and quantity and nature are the type. Okay? So that's why it's important to understand the seed, the incorruptible seed. That tells you right there, just in the word incorruptible. Oh, that means, hey, ain't nothing going to affect this past, present, or future. It's eternal. It's incorruptible. It's full of, matter of fact, I was going to do this thing about Superman again, you know. So I was leap, able to leap, these seeds are able to leap tall buildings with single bounds, faster than a speeding locomotive, you know, able to stop speeding. Anyway, but I didn't do, I didn't do that. I saved you all from all that. But these seeds are, ah, these are super seeds. That's what's inside of you, super seeds. They, 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 you know, they're full. And, and so we're going to talk about the seeds and what these seeds mean. Turn to me the book of John, chapter 1. John, chapter 1. All right. And we're going to read verse 12. Starting with verse 11, back in Genesis 1. Let's start there. No, just kidding. Verse 11, He came to His own, and His own did not receive Him. But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become the children. Everybody say children. The children of God. To those who believe in His Name. Verse 16. And of his fullness we have all what? Received. Of his fullness 
we all have received. So this is telling us that when you've been born again, we have received a seed that has made us a child. It is taking us out of the realm of being a servant. See, the old covenant over here in God's provision land. Everybody say provision land, old covenant. In his provision land, servants only did what they did to get their daily bread. And that's what they had to do in the, prom the provision land. They only did what they did to get their daily bread. The, rich, the, the prodigal son went away to come and came back to be one of his father's servants so he could get his daily bread. Everybody have it? That doesn't sound like fullness, does it? But this is telling us that... now. The word and seed are simultaneous. They're the same thing. They are, the Bible here in, in John chapter 1 talks about how Jesus is the, the word. All right? Jesus is the seed of Abraham. So when you talk, you can literally take the word seed everywhere you see the word word and put the word seed there. You can take the word word and when the word is planted and grafted in your heart, it will produce. When the seed is planted in your heart, it will produce. In Matthew chapter 11, I think it is, we're talking about the parable of the soils. Where he takes the seed and the sower sows the seed. What's he sowing? He's sowing the word. What's he is he sowing the word as in scripture? Or is he sowing Jesus? The Bible says Jesus is the word it didn't say Jesus is the scripture now if you would have got that in its fullness you would have jumped grabbed a hold of the things that swing and you would have we would have known as holy rollers at that time you had been swinging from this, these fine chandeliers that we have I've never seen such fine chandeliers Jesus is the Word. He is not Scripture. The Scripture... Let me just read it again. It says, But as many has received Him. If you receive the seed, Him. It doesn't say, As many have received Scripture. Does it say, As many have received doctrine? Does it say... As many has received the tenets of faith. What's it say? For those that have received Him, Jesus. There are so many people that can't see this. All they see is Scripture. Jesus is not Scripture. He is Jesus and Word and Seed. You can know a lot of Scripture and never know Jesus. You can know Jesus and understand all the Scripture. Once you get, you have... Anyway. But as many as received Him. See... Get off of it. Well, I was Baptist all my life. I was the assembly of God. I was, I was baptized as a child. You know, being baptized as a child has nothing to do with you knowing Jesus. 
It means that your parents followed a doctrine, a tenets of faith, a belief system that was not Jesus. And that's what most churches do is they promote their doctrine, their belief system, their tenets of faith. And if you don't line up, bless God, with their tenets of faith, you're not welcome. Is that not correct? That sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? Bless God. Go ahead and disagree with me. You'll learn. <laughs> no, just kidding. But you can come back anytime you want to. It doesn't mean you sit back there and say, that guy is absolutely crazy. I'm going to go back and listen to more of that crazy stuff he's talking about. In about a year, you might be going, hmm, you, he man, I might be as crazy as I thought he was. Because the Holy Ghost is the great teacher, and he's going to teach you things that pertain to life and God, to things pertaining to the kingdom. Most people think the kingdom of heaven is someplace you're going to go when you die. Well, it may be, but that's not the only place you can experience it. Jesus said himself, Our Father who art in heaven, how be thy name? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on as it is. We're going to talk about eternal salvation. Let's just talk about that real second. Well, for a second. It says eternal salvation. Does it, you know what it means? You ever heard the term eternal salvation? Okay, just you go like that. Okay. That means, see, what's the word eternity mean? Eternity means it has no beginning and it has no... No, if, if you can go back three years ago, and if I put a tree right here, what picture does that give you? The picture of in the beginning. That this is when everything started except for the things that were before in the beginning. Because the scripture says that Jesus was crucified here but he was slain before in the beginning. That in God, all this was already done. And we need to understand that in God, over here, he has already planned for us to be in him over here. And to do that, I mean, if we had enough time this morning, which we don't, uh, we could really get into the reason the first Adam fell... And reason the second, see, see, the first Adam got corrupted. Let me give you up. The first Adam got corrupted. Wait a minute, let me go back over here. The first Adam. And where was he at? Everybody say, in the garden. He got corrupted. He chose his will. Didn't he? The second Adam was in the garden and said, not mine. It wasn't corrupted because this seed was corruptible. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. This seed had corruption in it. Every seed produces after its. Over here they called God, God. This seed, we call him Father. He is still God, but not to me. 
Now he is God my Father. Incorruptible because of this seed. Oh, that's good. I don't care what they say. That's good right there. Guy's going to Bible school. I got to put that in him. You know what I'm saying? That this seed. You know, Adam was created just like, how can I say it? Just like God. Let us create man in and filled him with power and authority. And he chose his will through corruption. I'll do it one more time. But Jesus in this garden, the second Adam in this garden, knew no corruption. That's why he had to become sin who knew no sin. Because he was incorruptible. And that's the seed that's inside of you. That's the quality. See, it's not a matter of you. See, if we had all the time, I wish I just had, if I felt you wouldn't leave, but listen, once Jesus was born, his whole life was about being, becoming the perfect seed. Oh, I, I got a yes from dialing on that one. Jesus' whole life was about him becoming it says in the book of Luke that when he was, what, eight years old, his parents left, and they left him behind by accident because they thought that he was with the rest of the family. And when they got several days down the road, they real, where's Christopher? <laughs> hey, we did that once <laughs> with all of our kids, was it? Was it just Christina? I don't know how many it was. It was we thought neighbors had our kids at church. We're going to bring them home. They didn't have them. Left our kids at church. Anyway, get off that story. It's not on parenting. But anyway, I guess it kind of is, though. Where was I at? The what? Jesus, they came back to Jerusalem. And they found, what did they find him doing? Teaching in a synagogue, answering questions. They were, oh, they, they were left, firing left and right. And he's just answering all the questions. And he was teaching them as he was answering them. And they're amazed. The mom and daddy come in, oh, Jesus, Jesus, how could you do this to us? See, that's what most parents' response is, is how could you do this to? They, he didn't. That girl gets pregnant. She, oh, how could you do this to? He, she didn't. She wasn't thinking of you. <laughs> she was not thinking of you. Trust me. She was thinking of her. Don't take it personal. It's their mess up. <laughs> She's thinking of him. Sorry. And Jesus said, I must be about my fathers. And they didn't understand that response. And then it says, Jesus grew and became mature. Key word is become. Because in the process, Jesus was becoming a mature seed. The scripture says that Jesus was tempted. 
in every area, quote, that we are, but that word we are is not in the original Greek manuscripts. It's only in English. It's only in the translators. It's italic. So it really says that he was tempted in all things. Period. Forget the as we are. Because the problem is you start comparing yourself with Jesus. And that's what you need not to do. And that's what religion will have you do. Well, the reason they have so much going for them is because they live more holy than us. And there's this comparison thing going on. And it's not a comparison thing. It is a seed manifestation thing. We need to understand that it is about the seed growing. The scripture says this, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought you have about your lack of obedience, everything Jesus did was to become the perfect seed. When a gardener is developed, you know how many different roses there are? A whole bunch. You know how many different tulips? You know how many different kinds of cows? They'll manipulate the seed. Work with me here. They'll manipulate the seed until they get what they want. And then they'll mass produce it. When God got what he wanted, because Adam didn't, and in Jesus he did, he then mass produced it. Because it's not about you, it's about the seed inside of you. You need to focus on what he did, because now... People say, well, I've got to live the same kind of life as Jesus did. No, you don't. I'm going to say this out loud. It's not about your obedience. It is not about the sin in your life. It's about the sin that wasn't in his, that he had to become for us. Now, when we understand that, it's going to cause us not to sin. But oh, it's not about what I can do and how I can live. It's about letting the seed that's in me take over me. Letting it out. But I've got to go through the process of gestation. Most of us just want to... No. There's that process of gestation. Causing that seed to take over our thoughts. See, most people say, I've got to get my... If I could just get in here, in here, I'll have it. No. See, how many people have ever seen that? Oh, if I could just get what's in my head, in my heart, I'll be okay. No, if you could only get what's in your spirit, man, in your head, then you'll be okay. It's just the opposite. You need to take the truth and the power. This seed is incorruptible. It's full of power. It's in the fullness of, what did it say here? And of His fullness. That seed is Adam wasn't created a little amoeba and floated around until he became a man. That's real quick. We could break that down and go longer, but we don't have time. Adam was created in full maturity. I believe Eve, when she was created out of his rib she was created a mature woman in the fullness of her menstrual cycle ready for reproduction that's what I believe which came first the chicken or the egg now if you've been in our classes you'll learn let's see if y'all remember the question that has plagued man for 
eons. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? All right, y'all, we need to do another class. The chicken with the egg in it. It was ready to hatch. It was ready to, what do you call that? Lay. <laughs> it's kind of, I'm a chicken. Larry, quit it. You're going wrong. Come back, Larry. Come back. Come back. God created things in full maturity, the trees bearing fruit. The trees already had fruit ripe, ready for consumption. This seed was made perfect, and the seed that's inside of you is ripe. It's not a little bitty Jesus, and you have to grow it up. It's in fullness. It's complete. You just need to let that take over you. You don't have to start with a cold before you can believe to get rid of a cancer. If a cancer comes your way, step on it. Because you've got the fullness of the Godhead in you. We need to understand that. Scripture says this, that the very power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you well it's just a triple a battery right now no it's a what do you call those fusion machines that just <laughs> it's just power and you just gotta you don't have to grow it up it's all, it's in its fullness people Seek ye first the kingdom, and all these things will be added. It doesn't have to come in little stages. Bless God. Well, if I only would have started back when I was 16, if I only would have got the word back then, oh, the giant I would be today. Oh, no. No. The giant that you already are, because you already have an incorruptible seed full of power and authority, ready to display multiples. Remember, quality quantity in nature a seed full of love and compassion and mercy the scripture says this the mercies of God are new this it says present your bodies by the mercies or it says this by the mercies of God present your bodies what's motivating you fear judgment wrath or the mercy see over here in this seed God said kill my enemies that's what this seed grew up, See, but it was a corruptible seed. Over here in this seed, he said what? Love my enemies. Because the nature of God, the nature of this seed is to love and reproduce in fullness. That's the nature. That's the nature. The nature of God is to be seen as father here. Because when you've been born of God, you're a child of God. Jesus even came to do what? To destroy the works of the devil because the devil has sinned from when the beginning and what was his sin over here deception he made Adam think that he needed something other than what God gave him and so he used his will and gave his authority over just think if Adam would have said Satan get behind me 
you have nothing I need. Just think. But he wasn't incorruptible, was he? With his will, he became corrupted. And a second Adam had to be born and become an incorruptible seed. Because God doesn't want to raise you up as little babies. He wants to raise you up as incorruptible, full of power and strength and authority. And that's good preaching. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. I'm going to finish with this reading. Back to 1 Peter. Listen to this. I know you may have... How many people have ever heard the gospel, the church, been in a church or any kind of meeting that says, this is the gospel? Raise your hand. Having been born again... Not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. That's verse 23. 25 says this. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to them. See, the gospel that the New Testament church heard was about being a son. A son of the Father with an incorruptible seed in them full of, with the fullness of Christ. But the gospel we hear is what you got to do to stay saved so you can go experience salvation someday in the sweet by and by. We never finished what we were talking about eternal salvation. Because eternity, listen, eternal salvation means that salvation didn't have a beginning and salvation doesn't have an end. So what, what this means in churchdom is what we've heard. Yeah, I agree to that. And I'll agree that I can go to heaven someday and have salvation in heaven. But while I'm on earth, I can't have it. That doesn't sound eternal. That means eternal salvation means what God planned before in the beginning, I can have now. And when this is done, I'm going to keep on having it. Why do we take, nope, we can't have it now. Oh, that's why Jesus said, oh, thy kingdom that you planned there, come here. Because the scripture says it's an everlasting kingdom. Oh. Why do we think because we're on earth, we're not part of eternal salvation? Oh, it's here, church. That's the gospel. The, the scripture says here, now this is the word. Let me just read it again. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever, because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass, the grass withers, and the flower falls away. It's not eternal. But the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel 
was preached to them. And I'm telling you this morning, this is the gospel that is preached to you. That there's a seed inside of you. If you've been born again, if you said yes to what Jesus did, see, you're living under the old Adam until you say yes to what Jesus did. And then you're born again. And once you've been born again, you now have the fullness, the quality, the quantity, and the nature of the seed that God planted in you, which is Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. Man. Amen. Holy Spirit, you are the great teacher. We give you thanks and praise. And I thank you for your word. I thank you for the seed that's been planted in us. And we nurture ourselves so the seed can grow and take root and manifest so I can feel and experience in the realm of my soul and see it manifested in my flesh. Father, may we seek You first and Your kingdom. Mm. Let me read this out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 53. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Let's talk about God bruising Jesus in his flesh. He, was, he has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin... He shall see his seed. At Calvary, the process of his life going through the garden. Don't misunderstand what I'm fixing to say. Thank God for Calvary. 
But that wasn't the greatest work of Jesus. It was Jesus saying, I don't want to be corrupted, not my will, but yours be done. When he was willing to take on all sin, who knew no sin, then Calvary means something. Calvary meant nothing without him first saying, not my will, but yours. I believe he would have died anyway. But this scripture is saying, listen to it. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he will see his seed. That's us, church. Who for the joy set before him endured the cross? We're his joy. We're his happiness. We're his bride. Full of glory. I hope and pray the word comes alive in you like never before.